um, to do a Vision Sunday right, you have to actually not just communicate like, hey, here's some things we're doing. But what we want to do is be able to implant that vision inside of you and give you, get you guys excited. Um, the other thing is you guys have been investing in these visions um, from last year, and you're going to invest going forward. So we want you to know like, that God is stewarding what you are investing, that when, what you're putting into the kingdom is growing, and it's becoming something beautiful and amazing. And so last year we did Vision Sunday, and, and a lot of awesome stuff happened. And you know what's crazy about God is like you put a vision out, and it'll be like, and so many times it'll go, actually, a lot more. I'm going to do more different than what you've ever imagined. So we're going to go through some of the things that happened last year because it's been a really good year. How many of you guys know we have a school? Yeah. Now, we have a school because we view it as a ministry, and it's, you know, but also we want it to be as successful as possible because we want to educate students and we want them to grow. And um, so this is our biggest registration ever this year. Um, Currently, right now, we have 196 students, 134 families represented. Um, and you know what? We used to kind of be like, uh, this is something, I don't know, we would view it as like kind of something, well, a lot of them are staff, so. But n now we look at it and go, what an amazing like, perk we can offer to people who want to be in ministry. So we have 39 staff kids in our school that are, their parents are able to go work in ministry and have their kids raised and just have it all handled and able to go and do the work for you guys. It's one of the most amazing things about our church, especially for the women who are working and they want to have careers. They have full-time child care that's provided for them. And we love that. It's such an amazing part of our church. We're so grateful, by the way, for all of you people who work in the school and work in child care. Can we give them a hand? I'm so grateful. They've changed my life. They've, they've blessed my family every day. So... Um, BCC Kids, um, first of all, Maxine is doing such a great job with BCC Kids. Yeah! Every time you hire someone, you never know what you're going to get sometimes. And with Maxine, she's just way surpassed any of the expectations that we could have had. If you don't know her, that's what I'll tell you. If you don't know who this person is, that's not on me, that's on you. So, <laughs> so I would say, invite her out. Get to know her a little bit, uh, especially if you're a parent. Um, she's going to bless your life in a lot of different ways. And, man, she works hard. Um, we've had a 28% increase in our attendance um, over the last few months with, with BCC kids. You know, if you look back on our average attendance in 2021, we are averaging like 38 kids. Now we're averaging 49 students. And we've had, I think the trends are even going higher and higher. We didn't want to, like, project numbers that seem false. But, like, God is doing something in families. Um, and we're just super excited to be partnering with you guys on that and have the trust. Um, you know, we've had a big increase in volunteerism. Just last week or two weeks ago, um, we had 58, three new people sign up to be volunteers at the church in all different ministries. And we cannot wait to get you guys plugged in. A lot of you guys are serving already. Um, a lot of people have started serving over the last few um, we have all kinds of new givers and just new people in this church. How many of you guys have like seeing people every week now and you're like, who's that? Who's that person? How great is that? It's just awesome when God is just bringing, you don't want to, we don't want to be a swamp. We want to be a, like something where fresh water's coming in and we want to, and I just feel like God is doing that in our church. Get to know somebody. Like I keep telling you guys, there's so much that we can do on a stage there's so much you can do in like a ministry, like a formal ministry, whether it be like a men's ministry or a kid's ministry. 
But there are certain things that you can only do in your homes and at dinner and through texting someone. Hey, how you doing today? How's your prayer life? What's going on in your life? Like, some of you are like, I don't know. I'm kind of out of friends now. Guess what? God just brought a whole bunch of new ones. <laughs> Go get to know someone, and it's so great. Forum Youth. Um, I don't know how many guys know this, but our youth group used to have this beautiful facility, these kick-in crazy services, uh, and it was a great time. It was a great um, season in our church and something that we probably did for years. Well, when COVID hit, it kind of um, killed a lot of our program in a lot of ways. It didn't kill the youth ministry, though. And I'll say that. Um, Pastor Steve was here, and he was helping us through this season, and we've been able to maintain a strong and healthy youth group, good, solid attendance, and it's only going to get better. Um, and because we got this new forum building, and we're going to be opening this up to you guys very soon. Honestly, like the delays with all the supply chain things have kind of really slowed this down a lot more. It takes three months to get two speakers built. Um, but we are excited to share it with you and make this a part of our church life. Any, everything from parenting events, we've got some stand-up comedy we're going to be doing there, a few little concerts, small groups are happening there, and weekly youth services right down next to Big Lots in front of the entire community of Milford. Um, we're going to be showing them who Jesus is right there, and so we cannot be more excited. Um, and there's a, a range of other things. God, I, I, there's so many stories in this room that happened this year things that God did in your life, pain that happened that God pulled us out of, um, situations, healing, um, just so many things that God is doing in your lives um, that I can't even bring them up here. But this Vision Sunday is all about kind of giving you guys kind of a, a look. And so pastor's going to be coming up in a little bit, and he's going to kind of be giving us that big vision. He's our pastor. He's our shepherd, and he's going to be kind of giving us that vision. But I also asked, I'm an executive pastor, and if you don't know, like, what an executive pastor does, it's kind of like a weird job, actually. <laughs> but I'm really, like, kind of over staff. And, you know, hey, how you doing? You have any needs? Anything going on? kind of looking into what they're doing. And one of the things I always like to do is say, well, what are your goals? What are you working on? Like, what would be a win in your department? Um, we got the vision from the pastor, but we also want our department heads to have a vision. So this is like the vision from our department heads, many of our other pastors in the church. So we got a bunch of ministry goals. Forum youth, you know, they want to help students grow in their relationship with God and become devoted followers of Jesus. Always the goal with youth ministry, and I believe that they're going to be able to do that this year, and so pray for them on something like that. Um, kids are really easy to do ministry with. They really love coming to church. They think it's the best, and I'm, I'm, I was a youth pastor for 12 years, so <laughs> it's tough. It's tough with high school kids, and, and we love you guys, by the way, but um, it, it's a time where they're trying to figure stuff out, and so they need prayer, and our leaders need prayer. Um, to bless them in the right way and, and keep them guided. Launch a dynamic youth service every month. We're going to be kicking it up a notch. That takes production. That takes work. We want to bring a blessing to families. We want kids to show up and know that we are prepared for them. And they feel special. That's what it is. We want kids to show up and feel special. Like someone gave this to me. And so we're excited because we're bringing that back. We were hoping in September, but we've had the delays. So October. And that's God's timing. So it's all good. Um, engage students in extracurricular events that foster fun relationships and service. Youth 
students, it's all about experience. We want to create experiences of God with them so when they get into the high school or get into that college and get later in their life, they think back and they go, I remember a place I felt accepted. It was church, which is the opposite, I think, of some people's experience in their mind, at least. And we want them to look back on it and have a great experience. Happy place. You want to enroll new participants in the Happy Place Clubhouse. You know, this is such a big thing. If you haven't served in this, we have Friday night clubhouses. And um, it's just such a big component. We have our Sunday morning, and we have our Friday night. If you are looking for a way that you can just, honestly, do missions. These are mostly unchurched families that are coming to this, that are spending time with Christians, you know, some of them maybe for the first time. And so we're super excited about that. Expand the vocational training program. This is huge. We, this is one of the most underutilized workforces in America. They can do so much, so much amazing stuff. I was at a wedding on, on Saturday, and the, the groomsman, one of the groomsmen had, uh, had Down syndrome. He gave an amazing toast. It's just like we want to integrate these people more and more in society. We feel like that's one of God's callings on our church. Grow the happy place at BCC. Um, the amount of families that can't go to church because they just don't have anything like this for them is um, it's kind of heartbreaking. So this is something we want to grow. We're committed. Replace an outdated and heavily used equipment and sensory toys in our clubhouse and Sunday service. This is something you can help. A lot of people are like, I don't have time. Um, and maybe you don't have money, but maybe you do. Maybe you have money, but you don't have time. These are things you can help with. BCC Kids. Man, I just love talking about kids stuff, by the way, because this, this is, I, maybe because I have a four-year-old is where I am in life, but I'm always looking at this going, what a, something to be so proud of at the church, how many babies there are right now, how many kids there are, it's such an awesome part of our church. Teach kids that we have, that have one of our priorities, I can't read this, teach kids that we have one priority, which is to love God. Move kids to love God by creating wonder. I love that goal, by the way. And she said that wonder, it's so important with kids. It's like, wow. I want to create that wow moment for them. Give our children opportunities to connect deeper with the families and community through church events. Creating social opportunities for kids. Um, one of the worst things parents do is take their kids to church every week and don't let, make them play with other church kids. Like... All, whoever your kids' friends are is who they're going to be. Like, we all know this. So we're part of that. We want to help with that. Of course, that's why we have youth group. That's why we have these things. But also, yeah, we should do that as a parent. Um, continue teaching the importance of God's word and our need for, for it every day at every stage of life. I love that my kid is getting the word in their life this early age. I love just spitting Bible verses at her and making them finish them like Man, such a cool thing, and I'm so happy that I have a ministry in my church that supports me in that goal. CNE, Compassion New England. If you don't know, we're reaching out to the community, um, and we have a lot going on. But somehow, they managed to break it down into these three goals, <laughs> which is continue to serve our community by expanding volunteerism and also CNE community services. Please, we need volunteers. I'm like, literally, like, if you... If you're over the blessing barn, get over yourself. <laughs> like, that's what I'll say. Because we need these volunteers because we are doing amazing, world-changing stuff through CNE. Opening the Happy Place food truck and blessing barn books. We're so excited about this. We got, 
an incredible new thing coming um, where we're going to be helping people with special needs find employment through our small cafe, and we cannot be more excited. And the coffee is going to be good. Yeah. Like, we literally have the food truck. We're literally painting it. This will be, like, open in the next couple months, and we can't wait to share with you guys. Developing a support program for foster families. This is one of our, like, big dreams. This is God is putting this burden on our church. He's putting it on many of our members, and we believe um, it's just it's something that the church can do better than anyone else, which is love on kids and love on people who other people don't want to love on. So um, definitely, please pray for us on this, um, because we don't have all the tools. We don't know everything, but we need your prayer, because it's something we really, really care about. Um, you know, we're going to watch a video, and this video is really ultimately kind of sum summarizes all the things we just talked about, which are... They're blessings. They're ways that God used this broken group of people, which is our church, to impact other people in a positive way. And it's always amazing because, I don't know, if you work here, you know how messed up you are. If you come here, you know you're pretty messed up. And you would think, like, um, how are we going to do anything for anyone? But God just uses, he uses broken people. He uses us and our old wineskins. And he just... Um, and so the, this video says, this is how, how BCC has blessed my life. I'm sure we could get a ton more stories, but we wanted to just show you some stories of people who've been blessed by not just us, because when we say BCC, and you're going to hear it, it, it doesn't just mean us, it means you. So without further ado. BCC has blessed me in so many different ways. Um, one of the main things that I immediately think of is when I first moved here to Massachusetts, I had no connections, I had no friends, no family. Um, but within weeks of being connected at BCC, I felt so um, at home. I felt like I had a family. Um, and I was just, I felt so a part of the community so quickly. And that feeling has never left. BCC has been a tremendous blessing for us in so many ways. Uh, ever since walking through the door almost three years ago now, we've rediscovered our faith, we've deepened our relationship with Jesus in ways that we didn't know were possible, and God has really blessed us with just tremendous people in our life, and they're all at BCC. The BCC gives us a sense of community. Uh, the people there have become more than friends. They're now family to us, and whether it's encouraging and supporting us, um, just holding us accountable in, in our walk, but no matter what we're going through, no matter what the season is, we know that we have a family at BCC. We can pray together, we can laugh together, we can cry together, and uh, it's, it's just been a tremendous blessing to, to see how God has, has just blessed us with so many people in our lives, and it's all, it all started at, at BCC. BCC has been a blessing in my life in so many ways. From the hospitality team greeting me with welcoming arms and a smile on their face, I felt a weight was lifted off of my shoulders from the worship team, just giving me songs to sing when I'm down and giving me encouragement. BCC has been a blessing to me by giving me a community of people that I can do life with, that I can um, really grow closer to God with as I grow closer to them. It's given me people that will celebrate with me as I celebrate and that will mourn with me as I mourn and that are always there in the good times and the bad times. Um, it, it really has just been such a blessing. BCC has been such a blessing in my life for so many reasons, and it has to do with the people of Bethany, whether I met you on Sunday morning serving or in small group or at a church event. I think about 
how grateful I am to be at BCC almost every day and how I just wish I could pick it up and all the people in it and bring it back home with me to Australia. Um, in one of the most stressful seasons in my life where I was providing end of life care for my mom, managing being a wife, raising four children and running a business, my BCC women's group on Thursday nights provided an outlet for me, a safe place that I could go and share my journey with women in different stages in life that welcomed me and provided open arms, willing to help at any moment. And uh, we were talking about this question a little bit earlier and just thought of 2 Timothy 3.16, which says all scripture is God breathed and is use useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And really, BCC is just living out God's word. And so we find that BCC is, is also God-breathed. And the people at BCC uh, living out the scripture, living out what, what we're called to do, uh, to be like Jesus. And so whether that's serving, giving back, uh, just, just live, living that life is, is something that, that we find a lot, of, a lot of faith in, a lot of encouragement in, and really hope that, that we, can, we can give back to and, and be part of this community for, for a long time to come and certainly get Owen involved in this community. I have a place where I feel so loved and known um, by others and a place that I know has people that really care for me and really love me and are really, um, really living out God's will. Um, and, and pushing me in the right direction in life. Where we laugh, we've cried together, and we've prayed together. So doing life with people at Bethany has been the biggest blessing in my life, and I love you all. Thank you. But yeah, BCC has blessed me in so many different ways, but um, they've given me a family away from my family, they've given me a home away from my home, um, and I will forever be so, so grateful for their love and acceptance and kindness and hospitality that they've shown me over the last couple of years. Um, and I just, I, I love it so much. After my mom died, it was one of the toughest things I've ever been through and experienced, and my BCC community surrounded me with love with patience, with grace and compassion. And I'll never forget that. Pastor Phil and First Lady Sherry have always been an open ear for me, willing to pray and help and show up anytime that I call. And I couldn't be more grateful. I'm so happy to call BCC my home. I love this church. Thank you, BCC. Yeah, God is so good. God is so good, and I loved how so many people didn't even talk about the staff. They talked about you. And so, you know, give yourselves a hand, because you guys are amazing. So, speaking of you, one of the things we got to do, we always do on Vision Sunday, and we're going to be doing it for the whole month, is the BCC All Church Survey. Last year, we learned a lot. Um, this year, we're just going to ask a lot of the same questions, and it's really just helpful. It's a one-to-five how satisfied are you with these different elements of our church? We would love it. We're going to be announcing it every week for the whole month. Um, we would love it if you guys would fill this out. The best way is to open up the BCC app, and you can just click. I believe it's um, on the Sunday app, but it might be on the other page as well. Um, but uh, either way, we want you to open it up, fill it out. Here's all we ask is that please, if you are a family, um, one or both of you fills it out, but um, definitely don't fill it out on behalf of both of you, because husbands, you do not speak for your wives. 
Let them speak for themselves. <laughs> um, also, wives, you don't speak for your husbands. <laughs> and so just fill it out. We're going to be doing it in the next few weeks. It's really helpful to us. And please be as honest as you can. Um, I don't want to say it's anonymous, but I will say, once we get all the results together, we're probably not going to look at your individual names. So if you're really concerned about it, um, and also, we really need the feedback. We need the honest feedback. It's helpful to us. And so please be as honest as you can um, filling out that survey. Thank you, guys. I really do. Someone was telling me uh, uh, how crazy things are at their work, and they were telling me it's so nice to come in on Sunday and feel normal, in a place that feels normal again. So that's, what, that's our goal, to be a community of sanity. <laughs> if, we, if we can't do anything else, we can avoid being crazy, right? <laughs> uh, so let, let me just talk about it. The, the a vision of BCC, I'm going to call this message and this vision the living communion of Christ, because that's what we've been really talking about with all these people and their testimonies. And, and there's 50 more people who could have told their stories. We only had time for a, a few. The subject of BCC being the living community of Jesus will not be evident until the end of my message today, I don't suppose. However, the desire you expressed in the survey last year that we treat communion more seriously and intentionally is something I agree with. And uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm only willing to do it and I, I, that sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm, my arm's being twisted. That's not how I feel. I'm excited to do it. But I want us to also to agree to combine the beauty of ritual, which ritual is beautiful and important, but I want us to combine it and continue to combine it with the power of reality. Rituals without reality are dead. And that's all I'll say about that for now. Our vision at BCC is to be a place where everyone can meet and know and worship God, including the hurting, the depressed, the confused, but not excluding those who are simply separated from God and all his benefits. We can only learn to behave ourselves in the presence of God, said C.S. Lewis. Worship is God's enjoyment of us and our enjoyment of him. Worship is a response of the Father child relationship, said Graham Kendrick. Psalms 95.6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. This is more, not less true, in times of uncertainty and stress and strain that a lot of people are experiencing right now. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. So our number one vision. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to call it five plus one. Because the five points of our vision this year are, are uh, coincide with the Purpose Driven Church by Rick Warren, or the Purpose Driven Life, which is similar. We've reshaped them and re redesigned them to say in our own way and adapt them for ourselves. But uh, the number one goal this year is to introduce you to God. 
We want you to know that God is there and God is real in a world that in many places are starting to retreat from the reality of God. Where in many parts of the world, the southern part of the hemisphere, people are, churches are growing and great revival is happening. America is going through a difficult time in relation to God. We want to, we want to reintroduce you to God at Bethany Community Church. Now humans obviously require a philosophy that promises utopia. We do. We, we require a philosophy that requires utopia as a conclusion. Every humanist utopian vision that I have ever studied has ended murderously and in some sort of totalitarianism. Only worshiping God leads historically to inner peace, freedom, and real community. At BCC, we believe that life as a worshiper can only be done in community. Secondly, our vision of BCC is to be a place where people know and are known, where we actually do life together. In the Bible, this is called fellowship. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, and all the believers who were together and had everything in common. That little verse captures what a church is supposed to be like. Philippians chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love and being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of the others. James Fry said, as ridiculous as it may sound, sometimes all any of us need in this life is someone to hold our hand and walk next to us. That's what Alexandra Lubin was talking about. And if you have not, if you've not jumped in there and gotten involved with somebody who's really hurting, if you've not jumped in there with someone whose loved one is dying, or someone who is sick, someone who's hurting, someone who's going through a divorce, someone who's going through a very difficult bankruptcy. If you've never gotten in on the front row of people's pain, let me tell you, you are missing an, a God experience that you need to have. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's the greatest God experiences I have is when I move into the front row of people's pain. And I know... I know it's the pastor's job to do that in a way, in a sense. But it's really that when I'm doing that, I'm not, I'm not really being the pastor. I'm being a Christian. Amen. When I move to the front row of people's pain. And I would do it just as much if I was not, didn't have the title pastor. Because it's so important and it's so necessary. And if nothing else, it's a place where you experience God in a way that you just can't imagine if you haven't tried it yet. The church, Stanley Howard said, the church is constituted as a new people who have been gathered from the nations to remind the world that we are in fact one people. See, we believe that only in scripture is the importance of the individual creating the image of God perfectly balanced with an equally important community of faith where the individual finds a spiritual family. Culture tends to go to one extreme or the other. 
They tend to go to an extreme collectivism that robs the individuality and individual expression, or they go so far with individual expression that the community is destroyed and the family is destroyed and the great institutions are destroyed. Biblically, and within the church of Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to restore those two important elements, who you are as an individual, your individual needs, your individual giftings, and the power of community. We cannot afford to destroy community under the guise of individuality, and we cannot afford to destroy people in the guise of the, of the bigger picture, the community, the collective. Right? But a player needs a team. You can't be a player without a team. Even in those individual sports like tennis and golf, you find out the pros have a team. You can't be a sheep without a flock. Rick Warren, very, it's very corny, but he said you can't be a bee without a hive. <laughs> you can't be a, a child without a family. You, you, you don't just have children that kind of show up in a maternity ward and you put them out on the street, these babies out on the street, they'll be dead within 24 hours. You've got to put them in a family. And so God, in order for you to stay spiritually alive, he's put you in a family. Number three, our vision at BCC is to encourage, equip, and release every believer to discover their spiritual gifts and serve God's purpose with those gifts. Volunteerism is not just about getting stuff done. We could cancel the programs and then we wouldn't need volunteers. It's not just about getting stuff done. It's about you discovering your purpose and you discovering why you were put on the earth and you were put on the earth to glorify God, to serve Him and to express your gifts. I like the Message Bible. It says in this way, in Romans 12, 4, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about... Now think, stop there for a second. Uh, I used to give out gift tests to find out what spiritual gifts are... But one day I realized that the, book, the New Testament never did that. You know, you know how they knew their gifts? If you study it, there's this process called ordination. When they would lay hands on people. You know, how you, you know how you would find out who you are? Well, partly because you felt the Holy Spirit dealing with you. That's partly how you would discover. But you would, in final analysis, you would discover who you were. They would lay hands and ordain you. You would discover who you are because the body would tell you who you are. You have to outsource your sanity. You know that, right? Other people. That's why community is important. You tell me who you are, and then I affirm that. Or I may say, wait a minute, I kind of think, you think that's who you are, but let's talk. <laughs> I have the same thing. I've been shaped by this community as I do things, and people give me the message, don't do that again, you stink at it. Or keep doing that, Pastor. That really blesses me when you do that. So you decide who I am in the final analysis. The community decides. Because if I'm not doing any good at something, you're going to vote with your feet. And you're not going to keep showing up for something where uh, he's, he shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> 
Feedback from spiritual peers is the means of discovering our... It's a final step in discovering our spiritual gifts and who we are in the body of Christ. Since both sin and emotional maturity reduce and restrict our ability to appreciate our gifts, our vision at BCC is to show every person the path to emotional and spiritual maturity. Maturity to us means the ability to love deeply and to find freedom from life, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We even have our Celebrate Recovery that meets every Tuesday night that's especially dedicated to helping you if you can't find freedom from, your, from life's habits, hurts, and hang-ups. The 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Ephesians 4.11-13 through 13 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. So the goal of the church is maturity, to mature me as a, emotionally and spiritually. Robin Williams, uh, sometime before he actually took his own life, was talking in an interview about addiction and depression, and he said this. He said, it never goes away. It lies in wait for the moment when we are weakest. Now, the ministry of the church, this is very important. I hope you can hear what I'm about to say. The ministry of the church is to replace your preoccupation with that which brings you down. Those cravings that will decrease your divine potential and replace it with a hunger for the Holy Spirit which you can constantly be satisfied with. That's what the scripture means when it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Any other addiction, any other craving you will never satisfy it. You will always need more. But your craving for God will be constantly in a state of satisfaction. That's why you will escape the bonds of addiction and you will become a free person. That's our job here at this church to show you how to be a free person and to be free from the addictions and problems and pain and hang-ups in life that cripple you and make you less than what you are and decrease your divine potential. We define sin as that the power of choices that decrease your divine potential and we define righteousness as the power of choices that increase your divine potential. Number five, our vision at BCC is to be on a mission to share the love of Christ and the good news of Christ's offer of salvation to those in our community, our region. I think I said religion, but it's a, mis it's a misspelling. Uh, our region and our world. The Dead Sea, I think Jason... Uh, Pastor Jay alluded to this. The Dead Sea isn't dead because there's no stream of life-giving water going into it, but because there's no water going out of it. There's no living without giving. Compassion New England is, is our community expression, and we're so excited about that ministry just keeps growing and keeps reaching more people and keeps changing more people's lives. Everywhere I go, people know about Compassion New England. They know about the Blessing Barn. And they don't, they don't just know it as, as, a, as a great uh, gift store and thrift shop. 
they don't just notice that. They, they always tell me stories. Whenever I've gone, for, I've gone to various hospitals for some of my medical staff, and invariably when I, when I get to talking to the nurse uh, or the te- technician there, and they talk about who I am and all this stuff, and I'll say, well, Bethany Community Church, and they get a blank look on their face. And I say, uh, well, we run the Blessing Mart. Oh, yeah, Blessing Mart. I've got a friend that lost all, all her furniture in a house fire in the, in the Blessing Barn. Uh, they don't usually know the name Compassion New England, but the, the Blessing Barn gave them furniture and clothes and took care of them. They, I, I can't tell you how many times I heard that story. But, but it's even beyond that. It's even, it's even beyond that. It's, it's uh, our support of missionaries at home and abroad. Uh, uh, Plus our emphasis on every member sharing their faith wherever they live, work, or play, and sharing your life, and, 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 and do something for God. You know, I, I've been going to the same person cutting my hair for, for, for several years now, and, and, and just yesterday we had a conversation that, that kind of that got into the spiritual, and she, I ended up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do her sister's wedding in a few days. So, uh, you know, you just got to keep being who you are in the community, and keep going... Keep going to the same restaurant and meeting the same waitress so you can get to know them because it probably won't happen the first day. We're all on a mission. We can't just be concerned about who's in this room. We got to be concerned about the empty seats that need to be filled by somebody. Finally, and this is uh, why I call it five plus one, our vision at BCC is to learn, and this is the foundation for everything. I'm glad uh, Jeremy Smith alluded to it. The Word of God. Our vision at BCC is to learn, understand, and apply the Bible. God's infallible Word and revelation to humankind. Everything here bows before Scripture. The great leveler in the church is the Bible. No one in this room has more authority than the infallible Word of God. Which means no human being, regardless of their title, has ultimate authority in your life. Only the Scripture does. This means that the newest Christian with the least experience and without title or position can hold the most veteran believer with vast experience who holds the highest positions and titles accountable to act, speak, behave, and lead their life in accordance with God's Word. No document given to humankind holds a candle to this great book. Based on last year's survey, you know, we, you want us to be more, uh, uh, you want uh, communion to have a little more prominent, a bit more prominent place, or maybe a lot more. And we agree uh, that we, I agree that I've been negligent about that. And of course, COVID threw everything off. That's part of the problem. But I'm tired of blaming everything on COVID. <laughs> you know, come on. I, I'd be glad when I don't say that anymore, right? Rituals matter a lot. Rituals, however, would lose their meaning if nothing happened afterward that embodies the ritual. When you, as you that are married, uh, wouldn't it have been weird if you'd had the wedding ceremony and then you had this great reception? At the end, you and uh, the person you just said the vows to, uh, your, 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 your husband or wife, if you shook hands and said, hey, let's do this again sometime. And you both got in your separate cars and you went, you know, you went back to your old life. That would be weird, wouldn't it? So if we don't understand that communion, if we don't embody it with our life. So let me go over those purposes again. 
Number one, communion is an act of worship and a commitment to identify as a worshiper. Communion is an act of community and fellowship. Secondly, no, there's no precedent for solitary communion. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, go home and serve yourself communion. The communion is a, a team activity. Communion, the word is koinonia, which means, everybody say koinonia. Koinonia means total sharing of whatever we have. In fact, there's several words in the book of Acts there where he talks about, he used the word koinonia, we talk, they had all things in common. That's koinonia. They, 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 they took communion, which it doesn't use the word communion there, but the word communion is koinonia. Communicate, koinonia. Communion is, fourthly, a celebration of the price being paid for our freedom. We are now free from the shackles of our past and released into a new future. Communion is, fifthly, always a table with an empty chair. That's the mission part of it. To remind us that someone we know is missing from the fellowship of the gospel of grace. And someone we love and someone we care about. And we want to get them to the table. Finally, communion is the scripture itself. It is the word made flesh. We want to embrace the reality because without it, rituals are dumb. <laughs> yes, we're going to, we, we're, I will share in a minute, I want to share in a minute what we're going to do with communion that's different. What is the reality? The first, number one, is there's the reality of Jesus and salvation bought at the cross. When, when you take the bread and the wine and you partake of it, you're acknowledging that the greatest sacrifice and the greatest miracle in human history, you are remembering that reality that happened. It really happened. And it really changed history. Secondly, the reality is unless we have, unless we, the body of Christ, communicate, commune, integrate our lives with one another, share values, we're being selfish, individualistic, salvation consumers. It's important. To meet Jesus in communion and embody it. I, I heard a great story this week, because there's been a lot of stories about Queen Elizabeth this week. And perhaps you even heard this one. But I, I thought it was worth repeating, and it makes the point here about knowing who you're meeting. Uh, a guy was talking in, in telling the story, I guess he was like a bodyguard or kind of a handler for the queen. And one day they're out walking, like uh, in the wooded area near her summer home. And these two hikers come walking up. And they're Americans, American hikers. And the queen greets them and gets to talking to them. And what are you doing? And where have you, they tell her where they've been hiking and where they're planning to go and all of that. And uh, they turn to the bodyguard and they say, to, they ask him the question, have you ever met the Queen of England? And he said, oh yes, many times. He said, she's, he said well, what's she like? They, he said, well, she's quite cantankerous. And, uh, and, and, and they were so impressed that they were talking to someone who had met the Queen. They said, they said to Queen Elizabeth, would you take our picture with this guy? So they give her the camera, 
I don't know if it was a phone or a camera, but you know what I mean, same thing. And they get their picture with the queen, and eventually they take her picture too, you know? And when they walked away, she turned to him and she said, it's going to be so funny when they get back to the United States and they show all their friends that they met someone who actually had met the queen and I'm going to be in the picture. (laughs) I wonder if that happens to some of us with church and communion. We have communion, but we don't realize we are we are celebrating the crucified body of Jesus. We don't realize we are communing with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator of all things. Let's move beyond. Let's let's move to ritual, because rituals are good and important and they really matter. Symbols matter. You know that in life, in weddings. Kickoff's going to happen a little bit in the NFL, and they're going to have the ritual of the toss of the coin. They don't have to do that. Rituals matter. You, you will never not have rituals. Rituals are really important. Even though, even though we're not a real ritualistic church, you know, we're, we're not a liturgical church and all of that, and we're not high, highbrow and all of that, which is fine if that's what uh, you, you like. But we have our rituals, and it's because they're very important. So let me give you some ways that over the next 12 months, we want to focus on living out our vision. Now, I'm not going to mention every ministry that's going on here. There's a lot more. I just, we just, please understand that. There's some really important ministries that are going on that won't be mentioned. Ministries like John Wiersma, his discipleship group, uh, Prime Timers, and, and, and the way they minister to our, our Prime Time group here, which is me now. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of things going on that I can mention, but but we just I just want to give you some some things that I really believe the Lord wants me to say to you now. First of all, we want to pause once a month and celebrate communion, and and we may have communion available at other times for you to serve yourself, but we want to pause one once a month and actually serve you communion and actually take just a few minutes out of the service and really acknowledge the greatest sacrifice and the greatest gift that we've ever been given, which is our salvation. And secondly, we will have the continuation of community groups. If you have not signed up for a community group, but you would like to, here's what I want you to do today. I'm going to be back in, there's a little hospitality room off of the uh, lobby, and I'm going to be sitting over there. I'm going to be standing or sitting there. Come and talk to me and uh, we're, we're just don't quite have everything ready for you to sign up online. So I want to talk to you. I'll tell you more about groups, and I can even get you signed up. Uh, number three, uh, and this is something that is an idea. This is something that I'm very, very much want to do. I would need your help to do it. I realize that for some people, community groups for several for different reasons don't work for you people who work, uh, who commute to Boston every day. It is difficult for you to get back to a community group. Um, uh, Maybe you're just kind of, you're at a place in your walk where you're just kind of terrified of showing up at somebody's house that you don't know. But I am really concerned that you be, you know and you're known and that you have people that, that are personally in touch with you 
and available for you. So uh, my vision here is, is to work out a, a way that we could have uh, the creation of care groups, that everybody could have the possibility of being a part of a care group, even though it may not meet every week, and it may not do a regular Bible study, but it would be people that would care about you in a place you could go for prayer, for counsel, and, and certain times in the year you would, would get together. So pray with me about that, okay? We need, we need some mature people who could be care group leaders, and I believe it's something you could really work. I know it's been done in a couple of other places. Number four, and this is really super important for us. So this, this is like, uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to lift this to the top of our priority now, is, is, is caring about families and helping families parent their children. So we, we, we want to go to a whole other level with parenting culture forums and child discipleship seminars. And uh, that's, we want to equip parents to transmit Christian values to the next generation. That's mission critical right now. Um, so we have two. We have, a, we have a parenting forum, which was supposed to have been last night, and it, we had to reschedule it because our presenter's wife was getting medical treatment in another state, and the doctor didn't release her. So it's rescheduled for, for the October 1st, and you can still sign up. Go online, and you can sign up. Uh, also, 11... Uh, November 12th of this year, Sarah Calvin Johnson, the author of Teach Your Children Well, uh, is going to do a seminar on discipling your children. And uh, we'll give you exact time as we get closer to that, but it will be um, uh, on, on Saturday, the 12th of, of uh, November. Uh, and also in November, we're doing a sermon series called Take Back, Taking Back the Family. And I'm, I'm really excited about this series. Uh, fifthly, uh, we're going to bring back Sunday night school. Amen? Uh, we got one, one fan of Sunday night school here. <laughs> uh, uh, as a place to grow, we believe learning and growing go together. Uh, number six, uh, we already talked about this expansion of uh, the, uh, New England with a, uh, Compassion New England with a food truck and uh, a bookstore run by primarily by the members of the Happy Place program. And that's going, to be, that's going to be fantastic. You're going to want to go and have a sandwich or a cup of coffee or read a book, buy a book. It's, it's going to be great. Um, and finally, we're going to be call, talking to you about investing in the next level building project. We thought maybe by this time last year that we'd already be a little closer to getting started on building our new gym and our administrative uh, offices in this building and our, our new gymnasium and high school across the parking lot with, uh, with the delays, with supply chain issues, with getting the forum building finished. Uh, th that's just taken a lot longer than we thought it would. And I think, I think that's happening for everybody everywhere. So we're a little behind where we want to be. But, but I, I, believe, I believe God wants us to pay our bills. And uh, I believe I'm, the Bible talks about the, the ant prepares in the summer for the winter. So this year we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to do some, we, we want to give you the opportunity to participate and invest in the kingdom of God by building up that fund and getting the plans, uh, uh, getting the plans done so you can kind of see a picture of what it will look like. So we're excited about that. So now we come down to the best part of the service. We know uh, there was leadership in the book of Acts, right? 
But when Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, described the church right after Pentecost, he didn't say much about the dynamic leadership. He gave the leadership one sentence. He said there was signs and wonders done by the apostles. He didn't talk about the amazing celebrity pastor. He didn't talk about how great the preaching was at the church in Acts. The preaching was so incredible. That's why the church grew to 200,000. You could not grow a church to 200,000 based on a good preacher because there's no place big enough, especially in those days. There's no way a, one single preacher would communicate a sermon to 200,000 people. And a, now today with, with, me, with, the, uh, with the digital world and, and all, we can, you can do it. But, but you couldn't have done it in those days. He, he did not elevate the leaders, even though they were leaders were important. They were very important. He elevated, he, he, he elevated the congregation. He, he, great leadership didn't make the greatest church great, but great partnership made the great church great. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So, yes, we will try to be good pastors. And we're not shirking our duty. But we're asking you to become a partner. It's because of this belief that you're the body of Christ, that the church doesn't rise and fall on leadership. Sorry, John Maxwell, you were wrong. You said the church rises and falls on leadership. No, the church rises and falls on partnership. When leaders and people partner together to say, we're going to do something for God that is bigger than all of us. And all of us are going to be, all of us are going to be interested, more interested in being a small part of something big than a big part of big, uh, big, a big part of something small. Get that out in a minute. Who is a BCC partner? A BCC partner is one who sees BCC as their home church. The pastors as their spiritual authorities attends weekend worship regularly and participates in church life. Even if you've been a member for this congregation for 25 years, I want you to commit and I want you to sign that card and I want you to rededicate yourself to partnership and signify by doing that by signing that that you are going to partner with us for the next year you're just going to you're going to for the next year you're going to be a partner with Bethany Community Church and what God and you believe what God is doing here you believe it matters and you believe it's something that's bigger than Pastor Phil and it's bigger than you and bigger than all of us it is the kingdom of God in this community I'm going to pray with you and just like I would invite you to accept Christ as your savior of course it's secondarily important but just as I would invite you to accept Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to accept the call to partnership in the kingdom of God. It's so exciting and so important. Would you bow your heads? Father, just as we would decide to follow you, the book of Acts says, the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. God, you saw fit that after we're born of the Spirit, like a child is born of its mother, you saw fit to put us in a spiritual family just like a child is in a natural family. 
So God, I pray for those people in this room who regardless of their level of participation, regardless of how much they can be in the building every week or how many hours they can give, they, they would say to me, Pastor Phil, this is my home church. You're my pastor. And this is where I will agree and believe and, and affirm that God has called me to be at this present time in my life. And I want to be a part of what God is going to do in the next little while in the world that is crying out, the world is crying out for communities that will give them relief and communities that will give them love and communities that will give them care and communities that will give them wisdom, wisdom in raising their children, wisdom in, 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 in designing their marriages, wisdom in, in managing their, their, their spiritual and even their physical health. And God, we are at a strategic location at a strategic time and thank you for everybody who's going to sign that card right now and agree that we're going to work together to build the kingdom of God and to pray, Lord, let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done in earth, even as it's done in heaven.